Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in, these deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hello and welcome to another edition of Full Access Pacers, your home for everything Indiana Pacers basketball related. Be sure to head to otgbasketball.com for the latest and greatest NBA content out there. We have officially started an OTG tradition like no other, the trade deadline marathon. Our first piece came out, I believe today, uh, which is uh, Thursday, which was by Alec Leach, uh, one of our writers and podcasters as well. Uh, about a possible Philadelphia 76ers trade to help them become more title contenders. And that is one of many trade articles that are on the way for otgbasketball.com. So definitely check that out. Also check out the OTG Basketball Podcast Network, which is we are a proud affiliate of. You have the Brooklyn Buzz, a Brooklyn Nets podcast. Heater's Gonna Heat, a Miami Heat podcast. There's always something in Philly, uh, which is a Philly sport podcast. Celtics Lab, a Boston Celtics podcast podcast galore going on at otgbasketball.com today we're talking about the pacers who finally played a game of basketball in a week pacers last night fell 111 to 107 to the golden state warriors on national tv so the pacers national tv struggles continue pacers were a little bit too rested i I guess that's what you could chalk this one up to Obviously, the Pacers had two games postponed due to uh, safety protocols related to COVID. Pacers kind of looked, looked rusty. Um, you know, in the first quarter, in the first half in particular, something that I, I really caught on and noticed was the fact that a lot of the Pacers' jump shots were hitting back iron, um, which is generally something that happens when you have you know too much energy or, or you're a little bit too jacked up, you're a little bit rusty. Um, it's always good to be shooting long rather than short because if you're shooting short you're probably a little bit fatigued so the Pacers were certainly well rusted by everything well rusted well rested maybe well rusted as well but well rested by everything I saw but for sure rusty seven of 29 from three not great uh did shoot 45 percent from the field which is which isn't too bad uh 19 turnovers however very unlike this Pacers team to be that sloppy with the basketball um but again uh the that Long hiatus away from actual game action certainly uh, certainly matters, and especially the the pace of last night's game. The Warriors, it felt like, wanted it to be a quicker pace game. Um, they were really trying to get out and run in that first half in particular. Uh, Pacers did a really good job, actually, of limiting 
Stephen Curry. Uh, Stephen Curry still finished, but you know, twenty four points and did his thing. But just one of eleven from three point from three point land. Justin Holiday should get a lot of credit for that. He got the defensive assignment for Stephen Curry last night. Thought he did a really good job. Um, the Pacers, I thought, did a really good job of attacking rookie James Wiseman. Uh, Wiseman ended up fouling out with only just eighteen minutes played. He fouled out also the first time the Pacers and Warriors matched up. Pacers are attacking their young guy, getting him out of rhythm. Um, Turner and Jeremy Lamb both got into foul trouble. Not ideal. Um, but again, it just felt like the Pacers were a little bit uh, out of sync, um, not fully locked into this one. Malcolm Brogdon did have a really good game. Well, not a really good game, but a good game. 24 points, three rebounds, three assists, 10 of 20 from the field. Um, as I mentioned, Turner got into foul trouble, still had some impact on the game. 14 points, eight rebounds, uh, two blocks, one steal, four of 13 from the field. His issue was just a little bit of, again, you know, probably a little bit of too much rest. Uh, a couple of his threes were, were too long hitting back iron. Now, he missed a couple pretty give-me shots around the rim. Um, touch was slightly off, and that was kind of the thing, the trend for the Pacers last night. DeMontis Sabonis, who I will talk about a little bit more later on in this pod in depth, uh, who was recently snubbed from the 2021 NBA All-Star game, had a fantastic first half was really aggressive, 17 points, 10 rebounds, 6 of 8 from the field, uh, was playing some bully ball. And in the second half, for whatever reason, I mean, not for whatever reason, the Golden State Warriors did do a nice job adjusting, threw a couple more double teams at Sabonis, made it a little bit harder for Malcolm Brogdon and Sabonis to run their two-man game. But Sabonis just was just neutralized for the most part in that second half. Just 5 points, 6 rebounds. Uh, one of four from the field. The fact that Sabonis only had 12 shots on the night is a problem. Uh, obviously, on this podcast and in the recent stretch of games, I've complained slightly about how it's been too much Malcolm Brogdon and too much DeMontis Sabonis. Last night, it was the opposite. It wasn't enough DeMontis Sabonis. Sabonis shouldn't be getting just 12, t- 12 shots a game. He should be up within you know 16 to 20 shots per game easily, especially when he was as, as effective as he was in the first half last night. Um, you know, obviously things got out of the hand. He got a, he got a really bad technical call on him as well late in that fourth quarter, which, you know, again, the Pacers lost by four. The technical didn't necessarily kill them, uh, but Sabonis was playfully throwing the ball up after a foul was called and got a hit for a technical. Ended up, you know, re- leading to Golden State Warriors hitting a free throw and getting the ball back, uh, which is always... Uh, annoying and, and not great to see because I feel, feel like mini gripe the NBA this season maybe even last season but but it's been trending in this direction of referees giving out technicals for plays and situations that do not warrant technicals um, they're throwing these things out way too loosely it feels like over uh, you know just letting the guys not have fun to a degree even um, you know again uh not a huge game changer, but something that certainly stuck out and annoyed the shit out of me last night uh, in regards to this Pacers game. Uh, and, of course, late in the game, the Pacers did get stagnant. Um, the offense wasn't flowing as crisp as it was. Uh, the Warriors were throwing a lot of double teams. Two Sabonis down in the paint. Um, Pacers ended up you know, coming up short, unable to really pull this one out late. Warriors, uh, like I said, got that 111 to 107 victory. And even in the first half, when the Pacers got into some foul trouble with Sabonis and Turner both getting two fouls in the first quarter, uh, TJ McConnell, once again, shout out to McConnell, came in off the bench, 
immediately flipped the script for this Pacers team, giving them a ton of energy. He was extremely aggressive, nine points, five rebounds, six assists, four steals, one block, four or seven from the field, did have four turnovers. But the energy that he provides is just literally a game changer for this Pacers team. He is the match that lights the candle. Uh, He is the spark plug off the bench. I don't understand how TJ McConnell is so good at stealing inbound passes. It almost feels like he pays the opposing team to give him at least one inbound steal a game because that's how often and easy he makes it seem. But that's just the the joy of having like TJ McConnell who goes out there and gives you 150% on every given night. If only he was a better three-point shooter, he might be even better. But even still, McConnell has arguably been one of the best backup point guards in the NBA this year. Obviously, it's not greatly um, – it's not it's not noticed probably to the, the highest standard because the Patriots aren't winning a lot of games, especially as of late. Uh, but that is worth noting. The Pacers bench unit as well. I thought Jeremy Lang being in foul trouble obviously hurt because uh, he was un- unable to get into some rhythm. Aaron Holiday had a decent stretch in minutes. We did see a brief Goga Badazi and Edmund Sumner um, moment on the court. Most More so Goga missed because of the foul trouble that both Sabones and Turner were in. Sumner has pretty much completely fallen out of the rotation. Um, but again, this this Pacers team offensively, I thought, was pretty good last night. The ball movement, especially through the first three quarters, was very strong. Got a little bit stagnant, like I said, in the fourth. Uh, but when you're a little bit rusty and a little bit too well rested, you have some of those missed opportunities, especially from shots. And a lot of the Pacers' three-point shots were good looks. They simply weren't falling. Uh, the Pacers did try to run some more zone defense um, against the Golden State Warriors. That 2-3 defense has not been working. Uh, it was, once again, ineffective. I believe that the Warriors were shooting 54% against the Pacers zone last night. It might have been 52% of the exact figure in front of me. Uh, but the Warriors had no problem finding out and figuring out the Pacers zone defense. I believe they scored actually on 8 out of 15 zone possessions, if I'm if I'm remembering that stat correctly. Uh, again, this has been something the Pacers have continued to try this season uh, when they have both Sabonis and Turner on the floor, and it hasn't necessarily been effective. Uh, Another note when you're in terms of Turbonus, which is Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis, of course, they, the Pacers in their last five games are three and two. Both of their losses in those two games are when the Pacers close out the fourth quarter with both Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis on the court. Something to keep an eye on is for whatever reason, these two late in games continue to struggle to stay on the floor together and produce winning basketball. Um, again, I'm not saying this is a long-term issue or something that is uh, make or break. I'm not saying trade's a bonus. I'm not saying trade Turner. But it's something to keep an eye on as these two bigs are huge parts of the Pacers' future, and they continue to struggle in late-game situations when both of them are on the, on the floor. Um, so that's really all the thoughts I have on the Warriors and Pacers game that took place. Obviously, it was the first game that we saw in a week. Um, so now I'm going to touch on some other stuff because we had a lot of Pacers news in a week and I haven't hopped on a podcast in a minute. So this is going to be a little bit longer of a show. Uh, we did obviously get the all-star reserves named. DeMontis Sabonis was not on that list of players. He was snubbed. Uh, Sabonis, of course, is averaging 20, 10, and 5, which is extremely, extremely rare for big men. 
Uh, he has the third most double-doubles in the NBA, now with 24 after his first-half double-double last night against the Warriors. 24 double-doubles. He has seven or three triple-doubles this season, which is, I believe, tied for third most in the NBA or fourth most. Uh, that is also a franchise record for the Pacers triple-doubles with seven in his career as a member of the Indiana Pacers. He also has the first-ever 35-15-10 and 10 game as a – or five game, I believe. Um, as a member of the Indiana Pacers, just a lot of stats for the for DeMontis Sabonis with his Pacers team. He's having a career year, uh, you know, averaging 20 points, 11.6 rebounds, over five, five assists, over a steal, shooting splits of 52-34 now, I think, after last night, and 71. Um, and he didn't make the All-Star team. Uh, now, again, I mentioned this on the outlet. Uh, it's always something in Philadelphia, two other players. Uh, OTG Basketball Podcast, the outlet in which I co-host, which is the flagship podcast for OTG Basketball with Nick Fay. And again, I'm not – it's not like anyone who made the NBA All-Star team reserve list for the Eastern Conference wasn't deserving. Everyone who made the Eastern Conference All-Star game this year is deserving. There is a case for all of these guys. I don't disagree with that. Uh, ben Simmons has been fantastic defensively, something that doesn't show up in the box score. He is well-deserving. Zach Levine is having a ridiculous offensive year. The Chicago Bulls are also playing somewhat decent winning basketball. I believe they're a sixth seed right now as, as we're recording this podcast in the standings. Uh, Nikolai Vucevic has really good numbers, a bounce-back year from last year. However, my gripe and my issue is with the fact that the Pacers still currently – are the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. They are now 15-15 and 15 after last night. And the Orlando Magic are the 12th seed and are seven games under 500. Now, yes, the Orlando Magic have dealt with injuries. But as everyone who is listening to this podcast knows, the Indiana Pacers have dealt with, dealt with the same, if not more, injuries. And, or may, maybe not more injuries, but more important injuries as they, are, as they lost two of their key shot creators. T.J. Warren has played, I think, two games this season. Karis LeVert hasn't touched the floor. Now, granted, they had Victor Oladipo for nine games, but once trading away Victor Oladipo and getting Karis LeVert in return, LeVert obviously dealing with um, the cancer that he, they found, the mass they had on his kidney, and having that surgery has not played yet. Do have some an update on Karis LeVert we'll touch, talk about in a second. Uh, but those are two significant injuries. Miles Turner is still playing with a fracture in his hand, um, he missed a couple games due to that fracture. He's now playing through it. So I don't like the argument being, well, the Magic have had injuries. Well, the Magic have had injuries, and Vucevic is putting up numbers, and it's not resulting in wins. The Orlando Magic have one win this season against a team over 500. Now, I'm not saying the Pacers are killing it in this category, but the Pacers have four wins over teams 500 or better currently, which I think is noteworthy. And again, I get the Eastern Conference. You look at it. I think seeds four through like 14 are within six and a half games of each other. So, yes, it's a cluster. It's a cluster mess. It's a, I don't want It's a clusterfuck. It's an absolute mess in the Eastern Conference right now. Now, you can throw that up to injuries. Uh, you know, obviously, the Celtics have had some injuries with Kemba Walker, uh, Jimmy Butler, COVID protocol. Magic injuries, Wizards have been in and out of Russell Westbrook. So, like, there are plenty of teams in the Eastern Conference that have dealt with injuries and they've dealt with COVID protocols. Pacers haven't really dealt with uh, the COVID protocol aspect of things, but they've dealt with injuries. 
So I don't understand why Vucevic gets plateau gets put on a pedestal and gets honored with an All Star game when his stats are not that much better than Demonte Sabonis and Sabonis's game and production is leading to more victories. Again, Vucevic averages three more points per game than Demonte Sabonis. He averages 0.1 more rebounds per game. He averages two less steal or two less assists per game than Demonte Sabonis. Around the same assists, around the same blocks, Vucevic is shooting 48, 40, and 84 from the, from the field, shooting split-wise. Sabonis is 52, 35, 71. Sabonis has uh, a true shooting percentage of 59. Vucevic has a true shooting percentage of 56. Vucevic also has a 3% higher usage rate than Demontis Sabonis. So the fact that their numbers are so close, and Demontis Sabonis has a 3% lower usage rate, to me is all you need to know about the value and production, the impact of Demontis Sabonis on this Pacers team, while the Pacers sit at fourth in the Eastern Conference, and the Orlando Magic are seven games under 500, sitting 12th or 13th at this point in time in the Eastern Conference. So again, uh, this will be the last time I talk about the all-star stuff. It is what it is. Uh, Vucevic, like I said, he's had a good year. I just don't think his season and the Magic season has should have propelled him to an all-star selection when you look at what DeMontis Sabonis and the Pacers have endured and how Sabonis has played to this point in time. Not to mention DeMontis Sabonis has been within the top three or the top four of minutes per game and minutes played this entire season. I think he at one point was averaging 37.6 minutes per game. It might be slightly down from there, but this has been a guy who's been out there for majority of the, of the year playing heavy minutes. Um, so again, not so sure why Sabonis got snubbed, but it is what it is. Like the first half aggressor for Sabonis, he came out like a guy who was snubbed. Hopefully this lights a fire underneath Sabonis for the rest of the second half of the season, as well as the rest of this Pacers team. Moving on to some positive news, though. Karis LeVert, according to the Indy Star, is coming back soon. How soon, though? Uh, sometime post-All-Star break, Karis LeVert is expected sooner rather than later. So what, we, what I make of that is sometime in March, which is... A few days away, as February closes out this Sunday and starts on Monday, March 1st, that some point in the second half of March, in about three weeks, three to four weeks, we should see Karis LeVert suit up for the first time as a member of the Indiana Pacers, which is really exciting and extremely important for this Pacers team moving forward as they sit at 15-15 and 15, uh, as a team because they are desperately in need of that second shot creator. I have loved T.J. McConnell. I have loved Justin Holiday, Doug McDermott. Um, you know, Aaron Holiday has definitely played better as of late down the stretch. But having another 2-3 uh, shooting guard small forward in Karis LeVert who can facilitate and create his own shot is exactly what this Pacers team desperately needs and lacks. Having LeVert back will be a complete brush of fresh air. Cannot wait to see LeVert. Hopefully it's not a rush. Hopefully he's not rushed back. Hopefully he's coming back on his terms and, and feels well enough and able to actually compete at a high level. But it's really good news to know that one of the Pacers' two key starters who, have, who haven't played um, are on their way back. So that's really good news. Uh, and also, just to touch on, the Pacers' second half of the schedule was released. The Pacers have 11 back-to-backs in the second half of the year following the All-Star game. 
11 back-to-backs. 11. That's a lot. That's a lot of back-to-backs. The Pacers have 34 games in the second half of the season, and 11 of them are back-to-backs. That's a lot. That's, that's a ridiculous amount of back-to-back games. Um, the Pacers' schedule for the month of March is deadly. Uh, they will face the Lakers. They will face the Suns. They will face the Clippers. Oh, no, maybe the Clippers? Maybe not the Clippers. Uh, they will face Miami, uh, rivals of the Pacers, the Miami Heat, three times in March. Um, so March is going to be a, a hell of a month for this Pacers team. Hopefully they do get Karis LeVert back some point in March to help uh, them kind of get through the month of March. My prediction for the second half of the season for the Pacers, knowing what I know now about LeVert coming back and hopefully TJ Warren at some point, is 20-14. and 14. I think 20 and 14 is extremely realistic for this Pacers team as long as they stay healthy and they get back some of their key shot creators in Karis LeVert and TJ Warren. I look forward to that. The Pacers do have six national TV games in the second half of the season. One on TV, TNT, April 13th against the Los Angeles Clippers. And then they have five games on NBA TV against the Lakers, the Jazz, the Bucks, um, uh, the Wizards. And I'm forgetting one. I think it might be the Nuggets as well. Uh, But the Pacers do have some national TV games up on the slate, which is good and bad. Love to see the Pacers on national TV. So they get more of a spotlight around the league as them being a small market. They are often slept on and not watched or paid attention to. However, there has been a, an uncomfortable, unfun trend that when the Pacers are on national TV, they can't seem to win any games. Uh, So hopefully that trend ends sooner rather than later for the rest of the week. The Pacers do have two more games this week. Funny enough, a back-to-back. Uh, the Pacers on Friday will face the skidding Boston Celtics, who have lost three in a row, which, again, teams who are coming off losses and teams who are struggling tend to get right against the Pacers. Um, hopefully this is not the case come Friday because the Pacers are another team that, despite not having a, a losing streak, a long losing streak right now, do need a win to get back on track. Hopefully the Boston Celtics continue to skid and have their internal issues as they – um, got blown out by the Atlanta Hawks last night. And then the Pacers will face the New York Knicks on Saturday. Uh, Julius Randle was another guy who made the all-star reserves. I thought he was deserving of an all-star nod. Um, you know, again, he, he's been really effective. Sabonis' weak slump is probably what killed his all-star, uh, his all-star chances, more or less, because this is, again, a league in which what have you done for me lately is so, so present in our minds that that's probably what led to him not getting the nod. Um, but regardless, Julius Randle is a guy who has the bonus spot. I would love to see the bonus try to take it to him this upcoming Saturday. And those are, that's all I got. Those are my final thoughts. Um, again, it was good to see the Patriots play a game of basketball last night. Um, I didn't really hate the way they played. Just felt like they were a little bit rusty. Um, and hopefully they can get back on track this weekend as they face the Celtics and Knicks. You can find this podcast on all major streaming platforms. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at kwalhoops, K-W-A-L hoops. You can also check out Pacers content. That's right, Pacers content on Twitter. It is a Twitter I have solely based for Indiana Pacers content, um, tweets, thoughts, videos, articles from people I respect and admire. Um, podcast, everything you can imagine, everything Pacers related, definitely check out Pacers content on Twitter. I'm going to keep building that brand up and have that be a, a home for all things Pacers, including this podcast. 
So that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Full Access Pacers. Until next time, peace out, knuckleheads. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.